You're listening to a CNA podcast. Hey, welcome to Money Talks with me, Andrea Heng, where we like to discuss money and all the things you can do with it. You cannot miss last week's episode because I guarantee you will pick up at least one thing that you did not know about getting a second property. Today, we're taking a more personal turn to discuss something a little more intimate that, in practical terms, does have a financial aspect. We're talking about having a baby. No, I'm not having one. I just thought I'd put that out there. For those who are able to have this bundle of joy the conventional way, what a child will cost is down to personal choice. And information about that can be found quite easily online. But for others who need a little more help, fertility costs can be overwhelming. And that's what we want to get into in this episode of Money Talks with Tim Kwan, Managing Director of Fertility Clinic Virtus Health Singapore. Thanks for joining us on the Money Talks, Tim. Thank you, Andrew, for having me. Okay, so as a start, perhaps you can share with us a bit more about the people who come to you for help at Virtus. I mean, the general impression is that fertility tends to be really expensive. Is that the case? So maybe let me just break down and take it back one step on what the fertility journey is all about, right? You come in for a blood test, a semen analysis for the guys. Mm. And once you have the results, the doctor will be able to walk you through the treatment plan and basically design something that will suit the uh, couple. Mm. And after that is done, the couple will start with the treatment plan and go through the egg retrieval and also the embryo transfer. And hopefully, you know, with fingers crossed, they, they get pregnant six to eight weeks after that. Okay. And so, this is IVF you're talking about? This is IVF. Oh, yes. Okay. Yep. So there's IVF and then there's IUI. I found out about yes. that from a friend who was going through IUI treatment. So IUI is really, we get the guy to come in, right? Mm-hmm. To give a semen sample. Right. And we process that sample. And when the lady is ready, the doctor will be injecting the semen sample mm. into the lady. Okay. So it's really kind of like a semi natural process. Right. So yeah. it's insemination yes. in a way yeah. rather than taking the eggs out of the woman exactly. and then having the insemination process outside of the body. Exactly. Okay, so when it comes to either of these treatments, who qualifies for these treatments generally? So usually when the patients come and see a doctor or a fertility specialist, the fertility specialist will be asking questions like how long have you tried mm. going through your medical history, you know, right. the, the blood tests, uh, results and the semen analysis uh, mm-hmm. results and all. And and they will be able to further advise on which route is the best for you. Mm-hmm. So there could be a potential or possibility that the male has, for example, sperm issues and the doctors may then just suggest that, okay, why don't you just go straight to IV because that's an easier route for you Mm. because of the medical situation. And between IVF and IUI, how many cycles can a woman do at any given time between the two treatments? So the probability of getting pregnant with IUI is very low. It's about between 10 to 20%. Right. But if you are doing IVF, the probability could potentially rise to 50% of pregnancy. And how many times you do it, you know, it it really depends on the individual. But Mm -hmm. You know, usually couples will try, if they want to, for IUI, maybe a couple of times, maybe one, two, three times, Mm -hmm. and then they will move on to IVF. We also have patients that, you know, because of their medical condition, the doctors would advise them to go straight to IVF. And the reason is very clear because you only have 12 times a year to get pregnant. That's true. So... (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, so so every month counts, and the longer you wait, right, mm. it's going to impact your pregnancy journey. So Absolutely. yeah, so so I think that's the reason. I didn't think about it that way. I will never ever view my period the same way again. <laughs> so when it comes right down to the cost, which is what we really want to talk about here on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Is there a difference in cost when you go to a private fertility clinic versus going the public route? Definitely, there's a difference in cost between the public and the private sector. Maybe I'll just start with the public side of things. Sure. If you are a patient going to the public side of healthcare for mm-hmm. fertility treatment, it's usually the three public hospitals, KK, NUH, and SGH. Mm. Right. The cost is about between ten to $15,000. And that's per cycle? Uh, per, per cycle treatment. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's per cycle treatment. Mm. And, you know, for Singaporeans, that means if the couple both are Singaporeans, they could get uh, government subsidies Ah. of up to 75% or 7,700, something like that, Mm. that figure, Mm. right? And after that, they can use their Medisafe to also cover part of the the cost. And the out-of-pocket, you know, usually for a typical Singaporean couple is about one to $3,000, which is pretty Very manageable. I mean, if you really want to have a baby, and that's really manageable. Exactly. So that's the public side of things. Mm. In the private sector, right, people will come in, the patients will come in, and they would usually see a fertility specialist do the tests and and do the assessments and all and that whole journey could be potentially between 15,000 to up to 25,000 potentially so it's a wide range and it really depends on the couple itself because mm. some couples, they need more help, they need more medication, they need more help with their procedure mm-hmm. and hence that wide range Right. and for couples that are coming in to do their procedure in the private sector they do not have any government subsidy Right. But however, if they haven't utilized the MediSafe component in the public sector, they can come in and use that component. So there is a $15,000 lifetime cap for right. couples ah. yeah, that are wanting to do fertility treatments. And if they haven't utilized that in the public sector, they can utilize this in the private sector when they come to us. Right. And this mm-hmm. is strictly when it comes to fertility, that $15,000 cap? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, that's good news for Singaporeans at least. Yes. What if the couple is made up of a Singaporean and a foreigner, for example, or a PR? How does that work then when it comes to the funding? So in the public sector, in terms of a Singaporean and a PR, the funding you get will be slightly lesser. I think mm-hmm. it's 5700 if I remember correctly. Mm. Right In the private sector, we, we do not have any government subsidies. So that is, again, the main differentiating mm. factor. Mm. But that being said, in the private sector, there is really no wait time for you to come in and see the doctor and start on your fertility journey. Because you remember what I said earlier, you know, every month counts. Yes. Because you, <laughs> yeah, you can only get pregnant 12 times a year. Yes. Yeah. So I think that's very important. Mm. Fertility is already very hard. Right, the journey is really very complicated and very emotional in that sense. Absolutely, and we are trying to take that burden of affordability off patients. Right. So we have started a new clinic, which is called IVF Singapore, mm-hmm. and it's a very protocolized driven uh, IVF treatment. Right. Where couples come in, they go for a test, and based on the test, if they are eligible for that that particular treatment, they would be going through that whole process mm. by a team of doctors. They'll be taken care by a team of doctors. Right. And you know the beauty about that is whichever doctor that they see 
in our new centre, IVF Singapore, it's really a senior specialist mm. in the industry already. So whoever they get is going to be one of the people in right. the industry. That's the reassurance that they'll be taken care of, basically. Exactly. Mm. And the good thing is that with that, what we have tried to do is really to appeal to a lot of people, like for example, the doctors that take part, you know, they are so generous to give their time. We appeal to the farmers to make sure that the drugs are kept mm -hmm. under control at yeah. a very tight price. Mm. So with all these negotiations, what we have done is that we have managed to half the cost of private IVF care. Right. So so that now is capped at 12,888 mm -hmm. for anyone who wants to go through this protocolized care. Right. Yeah. Okay, so it's a bit of like that middle ground, exactly. so to speak. People who don't necessarily want to go through the public system and have to wait, even though it's that much cheaper, they have this second tier option available to them. Yes, okay. absolutely. Hello everyone, my name is Crispina. And I'm Adrian. And we're the hosts of a podcast called Work It. If you've never heard of it, well, it's a good time to tap in. In the last 20 episodes, we've discussed topics like how to negotiate for a salary increase. Or how to get along with younger colleagues who have different values from you. Which incidentally, is our top performing episode. If work consumes your life and you want some perspective on issues like management, stress, even office romance, then this podcast should be on your list. A new episode drops every Monday. Catch us on the CNA app or wherever you get your podcast. Given the current financial and economic situation that we're seeing all over the world, yes. do you foresee or are you already seeing fewer people trying to seek fertility help, perhaps putting their fertility ambitions and goals on the back burner given everyone's tightening their belts and all that? That, that is a very good question because especially with the dragon year coming up, everyone wants a baby. Everyone uh, wants a dragon baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, I mean, if you count backwards, you naturally have to start getting pregnant around this time. Mm. And, you know, what we have seen so far is that since the borders opened sometime last year, there is probably an outflow of patients to Malaysia, mm -hmm. right, where IVF cost is slightly cheaper as compared to Singapore. Right. So, you know, and that we had already predicted will happen because that was what happened before COVID. Right. So we are well aware of the market challenges. And we're also well aware that with the financial constraints, especially with rising interest rates and all, right, there could be people putting off their dreams of having a family. Mm. And, and that was really why, you know, we started designing IVF Singapore, right. the local centre, mm. about 12 months ago. So hopefully we'll see more and more patients that will come forward and do not put their dreams of starting a family later. Yeah, you remember, you only have 12 times a year. Exactly. Pregnant. <laughs> Don't waste any time. So... Most of us, we have coverage, insurance mm. coverage for mm. hospitalization. Yes. And if you don't, you should. Uh, but are there also prenatal insurance policies that specifically cover assisted fertility treatments? So when we looked at the insurance market in Singapore, I think a lot of the local insurance providers do not provide this option. But we do have, and we work with the global insurance companies. So we work with partners like Maven uh, Fertility and also Carrot Fertility. And they do offer fertility coverage for you know the companies that they cover. Mm. I mean, I, I will not mention the companies sure. that they cover, but there, there are options out there for those who are covered by these insurance providers. Mm. Any conditions attached to these insurance coverages? 
there's usually a cap involved mm-hmm. and they, they usually fund up to 20,000 or some some even fund up to $30,000. Mm. So with the kind of low cost or rather affordable care that we are providing, it's, it's really something that the couple can go through two cycles or maybe even three cycles. Yeah, and yeah. it relieves quite a fair bit of the burden Absolutely. financially, right? Absolutely. So I've done some reading up and mm-hmm. I noticed that there are treatment packages that tend to be offered by some of these medical facilities and Virtus being one of them as well. How is the cost calculated and what does it pay for? There, there are two ends of the spectrum. When a patient comes to Virtus, the patient will get an all-inclusive price. The lab work, which is the most important part of that IVF process, mm-hmm. right? And also the transfers, the pickup and the transfers done. So everything is included. And especially, I do want to remind everyone, when you start to think about the different centres involved, one question you have to ask is, what does the lab cover, right? Mm. So so for us, we really do cover everything from the counselling from our scientific director or our team of embryologists. So, so that is very important because we do take time to explain the whole process to the patients so that they are comfortable, they are reassured throughout the whole process. Mm. We do include this process called uh, MC, intracytoplasmic morphologically selected sperm injection. Mm. And that really is the process of magnifying the sperm right. to uh, 1,200 times. And then we'll be able to pick the best sperm and inject it into the egg to give the lady the best chance mm. of getting pregnant. So it's a lot of lab costs, essentially. Yes. That's where most of the fee goes to. On top, of course, the, the specialist. Yeah, the medication, yeah. the specialist appointment, the, exactly. the consultations and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. And, and because it's so specialised in this field, right, we, we do have to make sure that our embryologists very well trained mm. and we also do have to make sure that you, we have the best equipment uh, to, to do that. Mm. Right? So, and w- w- just out of curiosity mm-hmm. while you mentioning sure. that, where is Singapore in, in terms of the sophistication of the fertility industry? Good question. So, <laughs> I think Singapore in, in general, I have to say that we are quite advanced because mm. we do follow the international standards, mm-hmm. but not every lab is made equal. I have to qualify that, sure. right? Because some labs like us, we may in, invest in certain things that we feel are very important to the patients. So for example, we do invest in RI witnessing. Right when the egg and the sperm is tagged electronically. Mm-hmm. So that prevents any mix-up, potential mix-up of the baby when, when the couple is going through that process. And it costs us quite a bit, but mm. to us, I think this is a very necessary step mm. to ensure and, and give patients that, that peace of mind. Mm. And we invest in equipment like the embryoscope where it takes picture of the, the embryo growing. So mm. every 10 minutes, it takes a picture. So for the six, five, six days, it's growing. And with those pictures, we'll be able to tell which are the better embryos and we'll be able to select the best for the transfer. Mm. right? And on top of that, we also invest into AI and that's embedded into our embryoscope, right? In addition to the embryologist specialty, mm. right? It, the, the AI does help us to, to reconfirm and just you know, make sure that we are selecting the best for the patient. It sounds all very high-tech and obviously very exciting stuff. And, and I'm glad to hear that Singapore is at the forefront, so to speak, of fertility. And it's something that we certainly need as a nation, given that we are not producing or reproducing quickly enough or enough in volume. I'm just thinking about the affordability of it all. I mean, ultimately, when do you say, financially speaking at least, when do you say, okay, we've done all we can, I'm giving up? So there are patients who feel down 
uh, after they have gone through a failed cycle. And, and that's very normal. So we do offer that, that chance of uh, counselling with a psychologist. Do you guys provide financial counselling as well? Is there a financial aspect to that counselling session as well? Especially since we can't deny the fact that it is still thousands of dollars even if we go through the public route. Most certainly, because that is a requirement by the Ministry of Health. So we definitely will do that. Okay. Yes. So overall, how should we determine our affordability when it comes to fertility? And what should we look out for in determining what we're paying for when we go to a fertility clinic, wherever it may be? I mean, the cost of fertility treatment, I have to not acknowledge, mm-hmm. is really quite high. It is, yeah. And what do you really need to ask for patients especially is the success rates of the centre. Right. Mm. I mean, there are various definitions of success rates. Sure. Right. Whether and various de- definitions also. Exactly. Mm. So, so whether it's a clinical pregnancy, which would be a blood test and fetal heart scan, mm-hmm. right? And what we are trying to drive towards is really to bring a baby home in your arms because that's the objective of the whole treatment process. You really want to bring baby home in arms. Mm. So for those seeking fertility help, we hope you know that we're not putting a number or dollars and cents on a human life. All we wanted to do with this episode is to help give you a sense of the finances involved in having a baby. And we hope we've been able to help you make that decision. And of course, we are well aware that this is on top of the intangibles, the mental and emotional toll, the strain on relationships, the pressure on the body as well. So we're sending all our good vibes to you wherever you are on this childbearing and childmaking journey. Thank you, Tim, for walking us through the considerations for this. And it was great to have you on the show, really. Thank you, Andrea. And thank you to you, our listener. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode of Money Talks or you have some feedback, comments, feel free to let us know. And there's also more content for you to enjoy. All you need to do is follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Give us five stars, leave a review. That's where you can leave your comments too. The team behind Money Talks is Jacqueline Chan, Joanne Chan, Tiffany Ang, Crispina Robert, Sai Yewint, Jessalyn Tan, and I'm Andrea Hayne.